is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, December 14th. My God, it is December 14th. We're only 11 days away from Christmas. And this is the last week of a Monday through Friday podcast here on this show, but really, I believe, all across the Lockdown Network, at least in terms of baseball content is concerned. I'm sure the basketball stuff and the football stuff will still be doing Monday through Friday, but you know, it's December. We're hitting kind of a, a lull period. The winter meetings just ended probably, I mean, it's not a probably, but the worst, I mean, most useless, boring winter meetings of all time. And I guess in a way that was kind of to be expected, but I thought we'd get a little bit more, and there was some news that I'll be talking about in both segments. In the second segment, I'll talk about the news that did break on Saturday, and that's that James McCann did finally sign that contract with the New York Mets. I'm going to talk about what that means for them, whether it was a good deal. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for James McCann, obviously, but we're going to discuss all that in segment number two. In segment one, in what will probably be a pretty casual show today, I'm going to talk about what the, who the Tigers didn't sign uh, to many people's chagrin, and that's that David Dahl signed with the Texas Rangers a one-year, $3 million deal. My first reaction to this, and by the way, I'm not, I was not surprised that another team came in and swooped in and took David Dahl from the Tigers. He was never the Tigers to have. And really, let's, let's be honest here, it maybe in college sports, maybe in other areas it works, but when has like a big fan movement ever really worked. And again, I thought that was cool. I give Scott and everybody who got involved in that a lot of credit for having fun with it. I had many a laugh looking into that, but like I I knew where this was going. I knew he was probably going to end up signing with another team. What I was really surprised about was the fact that David Dahl, well, yes, bad year last year, and yeah, only really had one solid season, $3 million. And this is where this is where I really screw up. This is where I'm bad. Like, full, full disclosure, you know, I... I try to be confident sometimes with my takes. I, I like to think I know what I'm talking about, but this is one of those instances where I'm not great. Like, I understand the concept of money, but when it comes to evaluating the true value of something, I'm really bad at that. I don't understand how a guy like David Dahl gets only $3 million. And again, I'm not saying he's some amazing player. I'm not saying he's some world beater, but like Rick Porcello to me, and I get it, different roles, sure. Rick Porcello to me is a bad pitcher. Rick Porcello like gets thrown out there once every fifth day just to get rocked and give you innings. Got what, like $8 million, $10 million a season ago so he could give up five runs every fifth day? That's very strange to me. And immediately, a bunch of Tigers fans said, oh my God, $3 million. All you had to do was give him $3 million and you could have brought him to Detroit. The Tigers not signing David Dahl is not what breaks my heart here. I mean, that that's David Dahl is some guy. Uh, what is frustrating to me is what Avila came out and said. Evan Petzold wrote a couple pieces about it. A lot of people wrote pieces about it, but I always, I always point to him because I, I like what he's doing with that. And that's that Avila, you know, inadvertently has come out and said that, well, we, we don't want to spend a ton of money because we, and I'm paraphrasing here, we don't want to spend a bunch of money on guys whose contracts we're just going to be trading away at some point in the middle of the season, basically meaning essentially saying I'm tired of signing guys and then trading them, which is what the plan, the way they've gone about things the last couple years. And immediately the, the argument that everyone has is who's to blame for a comment like that? Is it Alavila? Is it Chris Illich? Okay, I'll start off by saying I, I think it's fair to believe that like they're both not good at their jobs. Chris Illich, 
by all accounts, is a remarkably cheap, bad owner. He's done a bad job up to this point with the Tigers. I'm not saying it's it's out of the realm of possibility that he can turn can't turn it around, but like thus far, he's done a really poor job. Alavila, if you want to blame the budget on Illich, that's fine. But when Alavila had free reign to spend, he spent money on Mike Pelfrey, Mark Lowe, and Justin Upton. Justin Upton obviously turned out uh, to be pretty good, but those other guys were awful. And those and Jordan Zimmerman. Oh my God, how did I forget Jordan Zimmerman? Jordan Zimmerman, the worst contract in the history of Detroit sports. So like, I mean, those are four moves. Three and a half of them were were pretty awful. So like, I think I don't think either one of these guys are particularly great at their jobs. Within the last couple years, I've come to accept that I think the budget itself falls more on. Chris Illich because I don't think any self-respecting GM would come into an offseason and be like, man, I can't wait. No disrespect to these guys, but I can't wait to sign Ivan Nova. I can't wait to sign Austin Romine. Those are my guys. I can't wait to bring them here. They're great. There seems to be two lines of thinking here, two ways of thinking, and I think they're both kind of wrong. You have the Tigers who seem to be under this belief that like we need to nickel and dime. We can't go out and splurge. Oh my god, the fans, they want us to sign Rio Muto. They want us to sign Bauer. They want us to sign LeMahieu. And then there's those people who come out and say, no, I want him to sign all those guys. I want him to spend a ton of money. I want him to splurge. I want him to sign these big time free agents. And my response to that is like, is it is it like that unreasonable to think that maybe they should fall in the middle somewhere? Is it that unreasonable to think that, like, maybe they should do both? Because when you look at every great Major League Baseball team that has ever existed, and I always go back to this team, and I could I could use the Astros as an example, but the Astros, you know, we know what happened with them. You look at the 2016 Cubs, like, yes, the 2016 Cubs had a ton of money, and they signed Lester, and they signed Hayward. Those were massive deals. Those were really the only big deals. Yes, Zobrist, sure, I believe that was a four-year contract. You can include that one, sure. That that was a bit of a splurge. Lackey, two-year deal. Hamill, one- or two-year deal, I can't remember. Everybody else were trades and farm system guys. Yeah, they had a high payroll. I'm not going to act like they didn't, but that wasn't a team that built through free agency. This organization seems to be under the impression that the fan base wants them to build through free agency. That's not, that's not the case. We just want them to be competent in free agency. We, we want you to fill holes. And I do get to a certain extent the idea of what's the point of splurging? What's the point in going out and signing a big time free agent if the team isn't going to be competitive for one or two more years? One, to me, it kind of shows a lack of trust in their current system because if they believed in the prospects, if they believed in the farm system, if they believed in the front office, this thing could be rolling within one or two years. But two, I do kind of buy the idea of like, What's the point of signing a 31-year-old George Springer when you're only going to get three or four more prime years? It's not a very good free agent class. It's not. There's really only three or four guys in this free agent class that I would consider signing to a long-term deal. But I think what gets the fans so fed up is that it's been so long. It's They, they are about to go, because let, let's be honest. I mean, they're, they're, you can read between the lines, but it's not really reading between the lines. It's just fact. They've all but admitted at this point, we're not going to splurge. We're not going to spend a ton of money on big-time free agents. That will be, for one of the richest teams in sports, five consecutive off-seasons, five in a row, half a decade, in which you have not spent money on a single big-time free agent. The last splurge they had, the last big high-roller sweepstakes free agency 
offseason that they had was after 2015. And look what happened. I just brought them up. Zimmerman, Lowe, Upton, Pelfrey. You know, three and a half of those guys were garbage. Upton was good. You traded him for a guy who retired from baseball half a year later. I don't believe there are any circumstances in which that is acceptable. I, I understand you don't want to go out and try to build through free agency because nobody does anymore. I get that. But to not be in the mix for any big-time free agents five years into a rebuild just shows a lot of cheapness. But even if you're not going to do that, if you are so adamantly against that, it brings us back to my original topic here, and that's that you have a lot of players, especially in a year like this, where it's been so weird and good players have been non-tendered, you have a lot of guys in free agency right now that you could go and grab that are low-risk, high-reward guys. Like, I'm not mad that they didn't sign David Dahl, but it's the principle of something like that that frustrates me because hypothetically, let's say the Tigers would have gone out and gotten David Dahl. Three things would have happened. One, either he was awful, and guess what? It's one year, $3 million. Uh, Chris Illich will, will make that tomorrow afternoon while he's eating lunch. Two, he's awesome and you hold on to him the rest of the season, and maybe he helps the team be a bit successful, or three, he has a really good half season, and you trade him for some solid prospects. So what's wrong with making a move like that? There is a surplus, Eddie Rosario, Kyle Schwarber, David Dahl, a surplus of guys out there who are available for the cheap that you could easily pick up. David Dahl was an all-star two seasons ago, would have probably been right in the middle of your lineup this year, cost $3 million, and you didn't spend any money on him. You didn't, you didn't care enough to spend money on him, and right now, you're not giving off the impression that you care enough to spend money on any of these guys. And it's not even spending money. It's chump change. It's nothing. That's that's the disappointment, I think. Like, David Dahl is whatever. He's some dude, yeah, I think he probably could have helped the team. If he wouldn't have, so be it. He had a 400-something OPS last year. Like, I'm not crying myself to sleep because of David Dahl, but I think what's worrisome is that it feels like the writing is on the wall. It feels like they're going to continue, they're going to be that that one, I don't know, I don't know anything about the animal kingdom, but that one lion who's watching all his lion friends go to the water. <laughs> I'm getting this so wrong. Who goes to the watering hole? Is is it lions? Is it wildebeest? I know nothing about animals. I'm, that's why I talk about baseball. But he's watching all his friends go to the watering hole or go for the hunt and standing there and, and wondering at the end, like, well, man, well, I'm hungry. Maybe I should have gotten something. Well, that's why. That's the problem. In this horrible, horrible metaphor slash analogy that I just completely butchered. But you get my point. Like, they keep crying poverty and saying, like, oh, man, poor us. Isn't this disappointing? All the fans are being so mean to us. It's not that. It's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable to be like, spend a little bit of money. You don't have to splurge, but be smart with the people you sign because they haven't been. signed. Here's the last point I'm going to make, and this is a long first segment. Sign some guys with upside. That's the problem. When you sign Jordy Mercer, Jordy Mercer was a corpse. And was Jordy Mercer awful in Detroit? No, but he was exactly what we thought he would be. Same with Josh Josh Harrison was probably a little bit worse. Or same with Matt Moore, who was half dead when you signed him, or any of these other guys. You have a lot of young 20-something players who just got their contracts non-tendered that you could pick up who at worst will be nothing for you, but at best be guys who are going to help improve your baseball team next year, which I've said from the beginning should be the end goal. All right, that'll do it for segment one. Segment two is going to be short because I really went off here in segment number one. I did not expect to go on like this, but whatever. We will be right back to talk about James McCann signing with the New York Metropolitan. See you in a second. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, 
and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back. Thank you very much for tuning in today. So as I mentioned in segment number one, James McCann, former Tiger, signed a four-year, $40 million deal with the New York Mets. I'd been critical of that potential signing for a minute there just because Look, I don't think James McCann's a bad player. James McCann is not good against right-handed pitching. He hasn't been really his whole career. He's not a great defensive catcher. But four years, $40 million for an owner like Steve Cohen, who is apparently just made of money, that's doable. And the fact is, I think they're going to supplement a signing like that by going out and getting some bigger guys. Do you know how exciting that is if you're a Mets fan? I'm not going to beat this dead horse because I've talked about him and I've talked about that team enough, but like... Steve Cohen seems like a ruthless dude right now. And Steve Cohen seems like he's going out and he's going to get whoever he wants, whenever he wants. I think they signed Springer. I don't think Springer and Bauer. I don't know if they're going to do both. I don't know if Bauer wants to play in New York for the Mets. Maybe he does. We'll see. But I'm not a huge fan of the James McCann signing. But James McCann in an offense with Pete Alonso, in an offense potentially with George Springer, yeah, that's dangerous. He's not a bad hitter. I just think, like, I've made my, you know, opinions on this very known. I'm not signing, like, any catcher to a long-term deal unless it's a guy who's an elite defender. And that's why I've gone on for hours and hours on, on end about JT Riamuto potentially being a great signing for the Tigers. I've said on multiple occasions, I said it already today, that I don't think it's really possible to build through free agency anymore. And while I do still believe that, I think there is one or two exceptions to that rule. And the main, main exception being, you can build through free agency if you have an owner who is willing, on a consistent basis potentially, to lose money. And right now with the New York Mets, it appears as though they have a guy in Steve Cohen who's willing to be that guy. Mike Illich was a pretty ruthless owner and Mike Illich tried to build through free agency and Mike Illich spent a lot of money on big time contracts and signed some very bloated ones, especially near the end, but also signed some guys who were really, really good. But at the end of the day, the reason kind of why they chose to rebuild really was because uh, they wanted to start managing the budget. You know, they, they didn't want to lose any more money or maybe, maybe lose the money isn't the right phrase. He didn't want to make less money anymore. Hey, look, if you got an owner who's willing to throw all caution to the wind and sign whoever the heck he wants, uh, then yeah, I mean, go ahead and build through free agency. And it's not like the Mets haven't had guys on their team that didn't come up through their system. I mean, Rosario, DeGrom, obviously, Syndergaard, Pete Alonso being uh, prime examples. It's not a terrible farm system either, and it, another potential move that they could make, this has weirdly become like a New York Mets podcast. I did not expect that to happen, but sure, I mean, they're, they're a lot more interesting than the Tigers. Given the fact that it's only one year worth of service time, they probably have the farm system to trade for Lindor, and that could potentially be a move. And if that happens, if they go out and get Springer and they trade for Lindor and you have Alonzo in that lineup and a pretty good pitching staff, they become one of the favorites to win the World Series next year. And that is pretty exciting. I mean, talk about a guy who's hitting home runs in his first year with the team. Steve Cohen. Um, the, Steve Cohen is a god officially on this podcast. I mean, I don't even know if he's going to do a great job. I just love the way he goes about his business and uh, the, the absolute antithesis to what uh, this 
organization and the Tigers has been dealing with lately. So that will do it for today's show, a very long-winded show, not not as casual as I expected it to be. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. I haven't tweeted in over two weeks. so But there you will find the link to my YouTube page, and I do post uh, movie reviews, so check that out. Subscribe to my channel. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive written five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. I've gotten some good ones lately. I'd like to get a few more. It always means a lot. We will be right back here tomorrow talking a little bit more Tigers baseball. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.